Welcome to Shoalhaven Youth Local, a show where we focus on everything local in Shoalhaven. From current events and community groups, to local history and the best places to be, and even our favourite local personalities. We've got you covered. So if you ever wanted to know son, where to go or where to volunteer even, from a youth perspective, then listen in. You might be surprised by what's just outside your front door. Shoalhaven Youth Local would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of you and country, the land on which this podcast is recorded, and pay our respects to elders past and present. My name is Victoria and this is this week's Class in the Past, All Things Local History. Today on the history segment, I will be diving deep into the life of Richard Hyde. Cambridge. So he is the second eldest son of John and Emma Cambridge. He was highly intelligent and from my research so far, he was most likely the most studious out of all of the Cambridge children. From Ulladulla to Sydney and then onto the rest of the colony, it's safe to say that Richard was a well-travelled man. His ex- excursions for his work Um, got him to travel a lot, so he saw a lot of New South Wales, which is pretty cool um, considering that travel during that time period was not the easiest and not the quickest, but it meant that he saw a lot, which means that he learnt a lot. The time period that I'm talking about would be the early 1900s, Richard saw most of the colony thanks to his work as a surveyor. His most famous works include the dangerous um, survey of the abandoned Newcastle mine, which was underwater. There was, I think, 150 metres or something of rock and coal between him and the ocean. He also investigated the Mount Kembla mine explosion, which helped to change a coroner's findings. Um, Originally it was going to be ruled that the miners died of carbon monoxide poisoning, but instead after Richard um, did his investigation, it was changed to a totally different um, cause. I think had to do with the mine being unstable. His published works were in many scientific and historical journals. His final experiments and studies of acacia, um, the plant, were left incomplete by his sudden death in 1928 at the age of 69, but they were finally completed by the Sydney Botany School. Richard really liked um, learning about plants, which is what he dove into and it became his passion in the later years of his life. He was appointed to the commander of the British Empire three years before his death for his hard work and dedication to his field of work in surveying, so in mining, uh, which he rose through the ranks of that pretty fast. And his work um, on botany, he He has two plants named after him, um, both of which have very scientific names I cannot, in fact, say. He was born on the 7th of November, 1859, and then he died 
on the 28th of November, 1928. So 69 years is really, really good. He did jump through a few different careers. He was a student teacher here in Ulladulla. So he started off at the Ulladulla Public School. Then he became a student teacher at age 18. He started his training for um, surveying and was quickly apprenticed uh, and then licensed in 1882. He then rose to the ranks from draftsman to mining surveyor, then on to chief mining surveyor. He finished his career by being the undersecretary and warden of the Department of Mines um, and then on to the superintendent of explosives. So, I mean, he was on a, quite a few councils of which he was leading some of them. And for a young man, I mean, he's gone from Ulladulla to Sydney and he's seen majority of New South Wales. He's become so well known that he even got to travel to Japan for a conference. And that was relatively unheard of for someone in his field. I believe that he also got to go and travel to London. So, I mean, he was intelligent, well-travelled, and I think for that, that must have been the reason that his wife, Fanny Skillman, fell in love with him and they got married. They did have children and they grew up here in Ulladulla and then also in Sydney. Um, Richard and Fanny are both buried in Rookwood Cemetery right near each other, which is really, really sweet. This impressive man has lived a long life and he's contributed so much to the community and he's fascinating and I'm glad that I was able to research him for this week's um, episode. Do you scroll through the streaming services not knowing what to watch? Welcome to the nerdy sci-fi movie guys. Two nerds with a plan. To make sure that you watch the greatest films of all time. Basically Marvel of Star Wars. Well... Could there be others, potentially? Nope. Okay, Okay, let's roll. Today we're going to be reviewing Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. This movie is still in theatres, so if you haven't seen it yet, spoiler warning, we're going to be spoiling everything. Alright, Billy, what did you think of the characters? Perfection. Okay. Rocket's <laughs> origins were so interesting to see, like when we finally found out like how he was made because we didn't know before in pre MCU. Like we just met him in, at some fountain and Rocket's drinking the fountain, and uh, you know it was really interesting to learn more about him. And he had a great arc throughout the movie. He was the best part of the movie. Uh, Star Lord also got to shine as well. Drax was pretty funny as usual. Mantis, Nebula, all the rest, etc. And Adam Warlock and the villain were new uh, characters and they were pretty great, if you ask me. Hmm. Well, I agree with a lot of that. I feel like Rocket's arc was really nice and I liked how he was kind of like a more of a main character in the movie than even Peter was really. Yeah, like it should like, be called Rocket Raccoon. Yeah, like it was a lot focused around him. And the director himself has said that, like, basically the whole time Rocket's kind of been his secret protagonist. James Gunn. Yeah. And um, 
So Drax had a really good arc as well where, like, he, like, throughout all of these movies, he's been fighting because he's been avenging his, like, daughter and his wife. So I thought it was really sweet when he actually got to have a kid again. Yeah, he grew and past it was, vengeance. Yeah, and it was really sweet in, like, the end scene when he was, like, dancing with them all when, yeah. like, the whole trilogy has been refusing to dance. I really hope Dave Potista comes back as Drax. Yeah, I don't think he will. But um, anyway, and Mantis as well, her arc was nice where... She said that um, her whole life she's been doing what everyone else wanted, like when she was with Ego and then with the Guardians, so she's going to go and find out what she wants as well. Yeah. And Peter had a really good arc as well when he thinks he's lost everyone. Peter and Rocket. But then he goes back to Earth and, like, meets his grandpa again and I thought that was really sweet as yeah. well. Um I was gonna say, uh Rocket and Star Lord were like the best characters in the movie. Like if like if uh like I'd say they're like top thirty characters in all of fiction because of the movie. And mm. I really I can't wait to see the legendary Star Lord in yeah. future MCU movies in. I can't yeah, wait so. for the Rocket Raccoon Rocket Raccoon project that's coming. Mm. I didn't know about that. I'm just joking. Okay. Go. All right. So what did you think of the action in the movie? You forgot the storyline. Oh. All right. Um, what did you think of the storyline? Did it make sense? Did you? Was it surprising? It was perfection, Holly. That's what it was. Perfection. Yeah, it was really good. Everything, like, flowed really nicely. And I liked how, like, um, occasionally it would just, like, cut to different parts of, like, the flashbacks of Rocket and everything. High Evolutionary is a top ten MCU villain. Yeah, he was, like, I love how at the start he was, like, he wasn't as crazy, like, but then throughout the movie he kind of became more and more of a complete psychopath. Character development. (laughs) And, um, yeah... And I also love the reveal where it's, like, Rocket actually, like, ripped his face off when he killed Lila. Yeah, bro, Lila. that scene was horrifying. Like, and that it wasn't, like, his face stretched back. It was actually a mask that he put over the top. Oh, oh my God. His face was so horrifying. Yeah, I know. He should go to a club with Red Skull. No, and then, like, um, anyway. <laughs> and so, Darth Maul. Yeah, and so, yeah. The storyline the... was absolute perfection. Now, what did you think of the action? <laughs> okay, I'll say that again. What did you think of the action, Harley? Well, I thought it was really good. I think my favourite in that, like, department was the... The hallway corridor scene. Yes, the hallway fight. No, it was sleep, like... tell. Uh-uh. <laughs> and, um... <laughs> And, like, I love how it was basically, like, one continuous, like, shot that, like, kept moving and showing the Guardians, like, working together with each other's yeah, strengths. Yeah, we got to see each Guardian have their fight styles because as much as I love Rocket, we never have seen him really have, like, fight, you know, except for that one scene in Infinity War where Bucky's holding him and shooting him around. But besides that, that's it. Um, but, however, it was really great. great. What do you wait? Okay, wait. Okay. So on um, a side note, how do you disagree with that? I mean, like Guardians two. I mean, Guardians not one really. 
I mean, Guardians Two had a lot of action sequences. Yeah, with but him. Uh, yeah, but like, like he with didn't the ravages do... in the trees and everything, and with the obelisk in the first scene. Well, uh, well, we haven't seen much of him fighting. Okay, uh, like like yeah. with Star Lord. Right, I see in, what you mean. In like with Star Lord, he's almost in every Guardians action scene. Yeah. Anyway, so, moving on. I really like kind of miscellaneous stuff that we enjoyed. I really liked like the new costumes that they all have. Adam Warlock, like, yeah. No, I mean like the blue and red costumes. Oh yeah. Yeah, I think those were all really cool, and it's like. I agree. Like it's like the guardian yeah. symbol. Also, spoiler alert: three, two, one. The first f bomb is in the MCU. It was in the trailers. Um, Wait, what? Yeah, but, I mean, it was censored in the trailers, but this is the first uncensored F-bomb in the MCU. They've always found little ways to, like, cut it off, like, with, like, a car horn or just, like, the scene cutting. So, yeah, I mean, I thought it was really funny. And I liked Adam Warlock in the movie. He was really good. Yeah, British. Um, He's British. Yeah, and in that last scene... I'm not afraid to say it. I cried. It was so sad, especially if you're a fan of the Guardians. When they're all dancing together and when Drax is dancing with the kids at the end. Yeah. And Mantis and Drax are like like waving goodbye to each other and Oh, oh. god, they they like they need to set up something where they like they eventually plan a reunition. Like they should do something similar to the holiday special where they do like a reunite. Night thing. Well, I feel like that would take away from the emotion of that scene. Like, it's like. I mean, like, I think so it would I add think more it would, emotion. I think it was a really, like, good end to the characters being in a team together. Uh, uh, well, I thought that. I think that if they did it, it would add more emotion to the scene because you're like, oh, thank God they'll be re- reunited soon. Yeah. I'm just kidding. And, like, know. and when. Like Rocket was about to die, that was really sad. And when Starlord was gonna die, but then Adam Warlock was like, <laughs> so yeah. All right, out out of ten, this is very rare for me, but I'm gonna say ten out of ten. This That's is rare. probably one of my favorite movies ever, and I'm so happy with the way that it came out. I wouldn't say like I probably I wouldn't say one of my favorite movies ever, but I'd say it's definitely top fifteen as a top five MCU movie, and I rate it a one million quadruple million three hundred thirty five million quadruple billion three hundred thirty five billion out of ten. There was no flaws at all, and it was perfect. Okay then, <laughs> a pretty high rating. So on today's show, I'm joined by our lovely producer, Gemma, and we are interviewing Tara and Andy from Illawarra Shoalhaven Local Health District. So welcome to the show, Tara and Andy. Thank you. Thanks. It's great to be here. So we're actually, we've brought Tara and Andy on the show today um, to talk about vaping. I don't smoke and I definitely don't vape because... I've been thoroughly scarred during PDHPE theory when we were discussing this topic and they showed us the damage it can do. Mm. And so we're going to find out a little bit about that today and what I have done is I've run around the neighbourhood asking a few different young people mm. what their questions are on vaping so that uh, Tara and Andy can... I guess, give us some answers. And they've come up with some really interesting questions, but the most basic, I guess, is what is vaping? Okay. Well, shall I answer that, Andy? 
All right. Well, vaping is, um, it was developed as, and originally it was developed to help people who smoked to quit smoking. Um, and it's basically an electronic device that um, aerosols nicotine that you can breathe in. Um, it was developed early in the 2000s um, and I guess the marketing around that device initially was that it was a way to quit smoking. So the messaging all around this product has been it's safer yeah, than smoking. I feel like I remember some of the ads when I was younger and then the government's response to those ads and vaping, but I remember those ads. And I think, Victoria, you've hit on a really good point there because in schools, one of the strategies we have been doing is talking about the harms of smoking yeah. along with other strategies. And that's why we've had the next generation who have very, very low rates of smoking. Yeah. And we've got a whole generation that have a majority have never smoked. And so that's what's so concerning about this issue because we're reintroducing nicotine addiction to young people. Is it Safer than cigarettes? Is that, um, I mean, part of the marketing was probably that, but I feel like there's still the true? dangers, but like, is it safer? Yeah, well, in, in terms of if you're comparing someone who smokes, vaping probably is less harmful than smoking. It doesn't have carbon monoxide and tar, which are two of the big baddies of smoking. But we just don't know the long-term effects mm. of vaping. You're not vaping water, you're vaping an aerosol. Um, a lot of that hasn't been, a lot of what makes up that aerosol hasn't been tested for inhalation. Or filtered. Yep, yep. So there's lots of unknowns and the evidence is building that there is harms. But um, in, turn to, in, in comparison to smoking, it probably is less harmful than smoking. But for someone who's never smoked... Yeah. It's definitely not I harmless. Mean, it, I feel like it still, it doesn't matter if you haven't smoked. Like if you're living with someone who does smoke and they're smoking inside the house and stuff and there is the smoke going around, secondhand smoking does cause damage. It can cause health risks in um, other people. Um, is there evidence that vaping can also lead to lung cancer or cancer in general? Well, that's where the evidence isn't there yet. Um, there's evidence building up of health harms. But, uh, you know, generally with lung cancer or any kind of cancer, it does take time to build that evidence. And we saw that with smoking. It took a good 70 mm. years to get really definitive evidence. I feel like that was the evidence. same. It took time for yeah. them to discover that asbestos caused harm yeah. as well. Yep. But we can learn lots of lessons from smoking that the industry behind this often muddies the water with the science on it. And so we do need to pay attention to all the lessons we've learnt with tobacco smoking and it is generally the same companies behind these new products. Going back to our main questions, can vaping help people quit smoking? So I guess because it is such a new area, there's been a lot of research that's starting around that area and there is some evidence that vaping can help people quit smoking, but we don't know how how long that it, or how good that evidence is and, and we're trying to find out if it's good. One thing we are finding with people using vapes to quit is that they end up addicted to nicotine still and because the, the vapes and cigarettes are very similar in how they deliver nicotine and so a person can often... Not they can quit smoking or stop using cigarettes, but they can still be addicted to the nicotine in vapes, and so they're changing one type of addiction for another. So I guess it, we still don't have a lot of evidence in that area yet, and we we know that for a lot of people they're just changing their, their addiction. So that it 
definitely has, it obviously has nicotine in it, which is the addictive substance um, in cigarettes anyway. But do we know what's actually in it, in it apart from that? Or is it proprietary? What's in the vape liquids? I think this is the key thing. These products are totally unregulated. They haven't been tested. And so there's lots of unknowns. But what we generally know is they have flavourings and and solvents and the solvents help dissolve the nicotine and the flavour so you can inhale it. But those solvents and um, flavourings haven't been tested for inhalation. They're okay to eat those kind of um, chemicals but they're not okay. We just don't know what the effects of inhaling them are. So, and then there's nicotine and then there's also when you heat a device, you get the chemicals coming off through the vaporisation process as well as the heating of the coil. And we know some of those are toxic chemicals, but some of them we just don't know what the impacts could be. Wasn't there something recently that the government did, um, I don't know if it's a law or I don't even know if it was the Australian government, but Somewhere they banned the flavouring or are trying to ban them? Yep. Yep. So in America, um, Donald Trump, believe it or not, did ban dual flavours. So, But that that wasn't disposable ones. So disposable vapes were allowed to, that enabled them to come through in the market. And so now we have lots of disposable flavours. The great news in Australia is that, the government is looking to ban flavoured and they did announce only a few weeks ago that they will ban disposable vapes and flavours in vapes as well. We haven't seen all of the detail yet, yet there, but that's a really positive thing. And a lot of young people are saying um, that that's what they want to make, you know, to make it harder for them to be addicted to vaping. Mm-hmm. It seems... Uh, a lot. I'm just putting my own 10 cents worth in here. But it does seem like uh, it's curious, the flavouring, because, I mean, we went through that years ago with the flavoured alcohol mm-hmm. um, that was clearly targeted um, to young people. There is still some flavouring with alcohol because, like, there's that whole chocolate wine or something and the whole craft beer. But it really came about about 20 like, years ago um, and yeah. it was, yeah, definitely My targeted. dad finds the whole craft beer thing with the flavourings really weird. And I remember both my parents because my sister, I think one of her friends or someone um, gave her some chocolate wine and she started photo it to my parents and they were just like, what on earth is this? And I think flavours, flavours is really important is because it does make it more palatable and a lot of... Mm. A lot of younger people. It makes people. a bit more like addictive. Like, um, it's a big when kids yeah. are starting, like eighteen year olds are starting to go try alcohol. They go for cruises and they have so many of those weird flavors. Mm-hmm. I mean, like other regulations with that as well. I mean, yeah, and I think what you're highlighting there is that there's big industry mm-hmm. behind these, the marketing of these products, and they know how to get young people attracted to either vapes or alcohol yeah. by using flavourings. Um, I think the latest count um, with the flavourings in these disposable vapes is 16,000 different flavourings. So, And they're like gummy bear, pink lemonade. Yeah, um, I feel like there's not much regulation with flavourings. Um, I know that a lot of normal food products, they always have no artificial colourings or flavourings. And I'm wondering, like, are they using those flavourings yep. in these vapes? So those fla- – yep, exactly. So those flavourings have been tested for eating, 
but they haven't been tested for inhalation, which is what you're doing when you're vaporising something or creating an aerosol. And so that's the unknowns. We just don't know how that will impact oh. someone's lungs. I'm cringing just at the thought of it. But we do know that some of those flavours, the buttery flavours, uh, can can actually cause a thing called popcorn lung, so diacetyl, and that is banned in, in vapes even now. But because there's a lot of black market vapes, they often can contain the the chemicals which which the we know. Popcorn, what was it? It's called popcorn lung, and what, what it, is that? What it means is well, it's a type of lung injury that people get from exposure to certain chemicals, and the chemical is mainly diacetyl, and and that was in buttery flavored popcorn once you know many years ago you you'd buy your popcorn at the the movies when you were going there and the people who used to work in the cinemas selling the popcorn developed this lung injury which looked a little bit like i guess you know something something like emphysema where essentially it damages the lung to the point where you you can't breathe properly and so that's one of the chemicals that's that can be in vapes particularly the ones that aren't regulated aren't controlled that's scary to think yeah so that's an immediate you would would you say because that one i've got a question from a young person that asks what's the immediate effects um we don't know the long-term effects yet but what are the the immediate immediate effects uh popcorn lung i guess the immediate effects could be lung injuries or you know asthma so people who vape are more likely to get asthma some of the other immediate effects is something called nicotine, where people become ill because they've had too much nicotine. So it's like a little bit of a nicotine overdose. And that's something that people who are new to vaping might experience. One of the other things that the immediate effect is an increase in anxiety. A lot of people say that they vaped to feel less anxious or feel calmer, but what they're doing is becoming addicted to nicotine. And when you're addicted to something, you become anxious, more anxious. So so we're seeing more anxiety and depression because of the effect of nicotine on the brain. So those are things that can happen very quickly um, and, and it's associated with nicotine addiction. So also some people can have lung injuries that, you know, I guess diacetyl is one type, but you can also have other types of lung injuries that can put you in hospital as well. Um, and difficulty breathing comes up quite a lot with people, you know, losing fitness. Have there been any health risks so far for like, pregnant women and stuff because, I mean, I've known people who have either smoked or vaped and... Yeah, look, nicotine is neurotoxic to a fetus or a growing baby in the womb. Um, so definitely you wouldn't want to be smoking or vaping while you're pregnant. Of course. Can <laughs> secondhand vapor from vaping be harmful to others? Yeah, look, um, even though it smells like candy, um, you are breathing in a vapour or an aerosol. Um, what we're hearing, what the latest evidence is around secondhand vapour or aerosol is that it's ultra-fine particles that can go deeper into the lung and that, that is problematic. So, yep, it's definitely a thing and we are hearing of people vaping in enclosed places so that it is something that everyone should be aware of. Mm. And we're also hearing people report that they're exposed to secondhand vape and that it's irritating to them, so they they feel irritated. They have difficulty breathing. So these are sort of reports. It's it's you know we don't have the hard evidence on it, but this is what people are saying. So people people are reporting, but the other people's vape does affect them. Mm. 
Well, I was going to say about how addictive is vaping. Nicotine is a very addictive substance and especially so in a developing brain, an adolescent developing brain. So that is a very key message that young people can become addicted to it quite quickly. Um, So going on to our final question, are there any legal restrictions on vaping for teenagers and what are the laws around it? So, yes, there are restrictions on vaping for teenagers. And firstly, as a teenager, you you can't actually buy a vape legally. So people under 18 are not able to buy e-cigarettes, whether it has a nicotine in it or not, just like you're not able to buy cigarettes. And, And businesses aren't allowed legally to sell them to you, but... We all know that teenagers do buy vapes and businesses do sometimes sell vapes to people. I'm wondering too, um, and I like this wasn't on my list, but I know there's a few young people that would be interested in uh, the data on this, but disposable vapes are all plastic, yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's a lot of plastic waste, I would imagine, going into the environment. Yeah, that's a big one, the environmental impact of these devices. They're single use, um, they have a lithium battery in them and they also have toxic chemicals and that's all going into landfill, our waterways um, and, it, yeah, it's a really problematic issue. environment. Yes. And the mining to these. get the lithium. Yeah, yeah. and I was going to say in, America, sorry, in England they estimated that it was about 10, 10 tonnes of lithium a year in disposable vapes yeah. and that was probably four years ago yeah. so... It's, you know, they've increased, the amount of lithium waste is is huge and I think, yeah, I think people would be pretty shocked at the environmental cost of those products for disposable. I think the general message here today is what we're trying to say is that we encourage you to make the right choices for yourself and actually think about what the harm will be if if you do vape. Yeah, I agree with you totally there. Do the research, look into what you are breathing in because our lungs are designed for air, not oily substances. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. Can I make one more little point as Mm -hmm. well, I guess? One of the things that we do have heard about people who vape is that even if they had no intention of ever going on to smoke, people are three times more likely to smoke after vaping. So it's often a first step into using cigarettes even if people weren't thinking that they were going to do that, they're more likely to become smokers. So it really is a, a start of addiction to nicotine and sometimes it can take people the rest of their life to stop using it. It owns you. And it's a difficult, it's a really difficult thing to give up, so it's mm. best not to start. So in other words, Jumping kids, from nicotine to uh, nicotine. Choose an addiction that's not going to cause your body harm. So maybe choose like... Basketball. Yeah, sport or um, collecting something like, I don't know, well, pop vinyls, squishmallows or something. Something that will be kind of harmful to the bank but not harmful to your body. (laughs) All right. Um, A big thank you to Tara and Andy. Yes, Um, thank you for coming in and thank you for being on the show. Thanks for all the great questions. It's been a pleasure. And just on a final note, uh, the 31st of May is World No Tobacco Day. Uh, Quitline counsellors are available to answer any questions about vapes and support people who are considering quitting. You can call Quitline on 13 78 48. That's 13 78 48. So that's it for another week. Thanks for listening to our show. 
Shoalhaven Youth Local is a show dedicated to sharing local info about the Shoalhaven. From a youth perspective. If you want any information from the show, you can find it in our show notes at our podcast, Shoalhaven Youth Local. And don't forget to subscribe and share the show with all your favourite locals. Shoalhaven Youth Local is made possible with funding from the New South Wales Office of Communities and Justice. Catch you next time!